Blake, it's so good to see you, man. What's up? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Welcome, welcome to the show. Uh, I've I've wanted to have you on for quite a little bit, and uh, you know you've been bouncing around. You've been doing a lot of radio stuff recently, so I figured it's time. It's time to get you on here. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. It's like I I why well, it's not true. I have done a podcast before, but I have not done anything on nutrition or remote coaching or PT or any of that stuff. And then all of a sudden in the last like month, this is like my fourth podcast. <laughs> so that's amazing. I guess I'm, get, well, I'm getting used to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you, um, well, tell, tell us you're, you're a coach out of Lakeland, Florida, right? Um, mm-hmm. and you, you've had quite an interesting journey cause you've done personal training. You still do personal training and you, you have the exposure to individual coaching. You've, you've grown that over the last six months. Uh, yeah. what, how would you kind of describe to other people what, what you're kind of up to right now? Yeah. So, um, I have always, uh, I, I was fortunate enough to get started at a gym. So I've I, like where I guess my, my fitness career really took off was at a different gym and, uh, they were doing a lot of hybrid stuff and a lot of remote coaching. And so I got exposed to it, you know, pre COVID and was already trying to move towards that and saw that as the way to scale my business and be able to be successful. My wife stays at home, um, not because she has to, to, but she wants to, and you know, she's a master's degree and all that, but she just really wants to raise kids. And so that puts a lot of pressure on trying to make sure that if I'm going to be in the fitness industry, I need to make a certain amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and pr- pr- provide a lot of quality. And so that's just learning how to wear lots of different hats. So I went from, you know, mostly coaching classes to then really doing PT to then breaking into the remote. And, you know, I think I got up to maybe six remote clients and then switch gyms, uh, lost those clients because except for one, um, just because of the, the transition and, um, and just how the industry works and then COVID hit. And then it was like, okay, I've been wanting to do this. This seems like maybe the best opportunity mm-hmm. to actually start doing this because everyone's sitting at their house. And so I literally just went on Facebook um, every single day and I messaged 20 of my friends, 20 new friends a day and just asked them if they'd want to try this. And I, I literally got like one out of 10 people would respond. Yeah. And out of those Dude. people, about like, about like 75% of them signed up with me. It's amazing. Yeah. The thing that I find really amazing about <clears throat> you and your relationship or connection to your whole sphere of, of influence, it's like you, you're really tight with them and they're really tight with you and people really love supporting what you're up to. Uh, you know, in your town, in your area, you've got, you know, you've got a lot of trust and attention. So that's mm-hmm. been cool to watch, uh, from an outside perspective, um, how, you know, when you genuinely want to help, it's nice to see that when you just put, put that out there, like you're kind of the proof. Oh, of absolutely. It, it comes back to you in tenfold. Totally. Yeah. I would say, um, I would say one of the things when my wife sat down, she's my business partner. I mean, she helps me with my social media and everything. It's our, it's our little family business, but we wrote down like kind of what our, our kind of, what is our brand? Who are, what do we want to be about? And, uh, it was really just relational coaching. Well, it kept coming back to that, that we didn't want our coaching to be, um, like something that was just, uh, lots of knowledge and just like, Hey, here's what you do. Go do that or come in and I'm going to tell you what to do. It's going to be high quality, high knowledge, but also deep relationships. Cause the, it's all about stories. When someone comes into your consult, you're, you're hearing their life story of where their body was and mm-hmm. where they want it to be. 
And then you're coming along in that story to, um, to be a part of their journey and make them the hero. Um, and yeah. so, you know, so we just really thought like becoming like learning to trust one another and having friendship and enjoying it, uh, making it their best hour. You know, you hear that a lot in the fitness industry, um, was really just about becoming, I, I'm hesitant to say friends because it sounds unprofessional, but in some senses friends, um, with our clients and trying to hold a professional friendship there where, um, where they enjoy coming, they trust you and they trust you with their body. So that's, yeah, yeah that's, that's really how we've grown. And dude, you, I mean, here's the other thing, right? It's like, you're running the business. Uh, mm-hmm. and at the same time, you know, you're juggling a bunch of other things too. You've got, uh, several kids, you've got a family. Um, yeah. <laughs> how do you, how do you, how have you over the last year, um, of course it's a work in progress. It is, I think for everybody that, that juggle between different elements or responsibilities that you have, but for you, what's that been like? Cause that's something you felt pretty balanced with, or is that something you have to toy around with to, to, you know, land on something? Yeah. Seasons are everything, you know? Um, yeah. I think there have been some seasons where I've done better. Some seasons when I have not typically I have a rule when I get home, I actually put my phone on silent for the next two hours. So, nice. you know, I'll, um, I'll typically get at the gym anytime between, five o'clock and six, six thirty in the morning. And then I won't get home till around four to five ish in the evening, sometimes a little later. But when I'm home, you know, my kids go to bed early. We're, we're like, we're bedtime crazy. Uh, we call it, you know, operation bedtime in our house. Uh, <laughs> so we, we, uh, I make sure though that I'm, I'm really present and I'm not checking my phone constantly. Cause that's been a struggle of mine. So I just turn my phone off when I get home. Uh, and then I really guarded the weekends I've tried, you know, for during COVID when things were tight, I worked the weekends, um, just cause I had to. Um, but once I got financially to a place where we were good, I, I, I put Saturday and Sunday aside and it's just family time. So yeah. we do a lot of, we go bike riding, we, we play in the backyard, we stay outside, we do a lot of that stuff. Um, and then I'll check, I'll check my phone around seven thirty before bed and respond to a couple of clients, um, or, or my true coach app and then try to turn it off and get back to bed or not bed, but with my wife and hang out. Yeah. So. You know, um, I feel like the, when you were mentioning earlier about mm-hmm. br- kind of coaching a lot of classes, doing a lot of sessions, it reminded me of kind of when, uh, I first got like certified as a spin instructor. That was kind of a, a route I went on for a couple of years. I did not know that about you. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I, I loved it. I loved uh honestly it's it's embarrassing to say, but the music and the DJing aspect of it is really what got me in the door. I was like, man, this techno I love techno. I feel like I could, you know, I can't dance and I can't really DJ, but maybe I could like get people to climb a mountain together, you know? Yeah, yeah. We can and, move on a bike to rhythm though. It's, yeah. And I love, awesome. I love that concept of what you're saying of the, the, the funnest hour of the day. Like it's that experience mm-hmm. factor. You're really providing an experience and, and taking them th- like helping them obviously get a lot of value through that, but it's, you're trying to aim to make that the most memorable part of their day. Uh, and I remember going to a certification for that in New York and that dude, I like, cause the code that <clears throat> I think a lot of fitness professionals try to crack is how do you, how do you do this full time? Right. How do you, how do you make enough to 
sustain yourself or be able to do it in a sustainable way, have a family, Mm -hmm. have a little bit of free time, be able to take vacation, stuff that you would get at another, you know, maybe a normal job. Right. And, um, I remember he, I I asked him like, how many classes are you like, are you teaching per week? Right. Cause that, that was how you would figure out like, all right, I'm interested. I have no idea. Yeah. I'm interested to hear the answer on this one. Dude, he told me, uh, I think it was around the time, like he was doing about 18 to 24 classes a week, something in that range. That's a lot. And that's a lot when, if you think about it like this, you're an instructor, not necessarily a coach, right? So you are Mm -hmm. somebody who is, you're riding the bike for 18 hours or 24 hours in a week. Um, That's where I was struggling was because I was like, dude, my body is tired from, (laughs) from just like trying to maintain this. Yeah. Yeah. And then on top of that, I had discovered CrossFit. Right. And so I was doing CrossFit sessions and like just my own training aside from that. And I mean, throughout that eventually like eat like a pizza every day. I mean, you could literally eat whatever you wanted at that. Yeah. I was, I mean, let's just say this. I was torching through so many calories that I hurt my lower back. (laughs) Eventually I got to a place where like, it was just way too much. And my mind, you know, at the time couldn't like, I was like, oh, I'm fine. I can keep going until it, it wasn't. But that was the wake up call of like 18 to 24 classes. Could I really do this every week? And don't get me wrong. There are some tricks to getting through those classes where like you're not going a hundred percent on each one with yeah. the class. You've got to figure mm-hmm. out how to toggle it a little bit and, uh, and, and keep the energy up, but also like, you know, not burn yourself out cause you've got another 10 to go. Um, so that was kind of like what opened up my mind a little bit to what other ways can you do this thing in fitness besides just teaching. And that's where like, or not besides teaching, besides like uh, instructing with somebody. And yeah. then when I, when I discovered CrossFit, that was my first exposure to like, oh, this is what coaching is. You're like, you're keeping, you're watching people, you're observing them, you're, mm-hmm. you're adjusting, you are, Queuing, you can't yeah. do that when you're, when you're riding the, like, you know what I mean? Riding a bike sure. or doing the workout with somebody, it's a different stimulus and experience. So it seems like for you, you, you got to a place where, because you are a hustler. That, that's one thing I can say. You, you hustle hard and you do put in a lot of work and sweat equity. And, Gotta and feed whatever them kids, you, man. Gotta feed yeah. them kids. <laughs> and dude, you, you, you really have, um, like you cap, I feel like you capped out. You got to a place where you've really filled up your classes. You were doing as many as you could. And then you did session, mm-hmm. the PT sessions. Um, now, how are you finding, like, especially from a, perspective that you're coming from being a trainer with clients you're working with now in that like uh either a remote setting or just you know the individual coaching is a little bit different where it's like you're not with them maybe every hour but you're writing them a program you're consulting on nutrition on other things that format is probably an adjustment not only to you, but then to the people who are getting it, right? Um, sure. What are some things you've observed from from that standpoint in terms of how people are receiving it uh, from mm-hmm. that personal training world? Because it is a different stage in the in the fitness journey, I feel. Yeah, I think 
first off, the fitness industry is just fun, right? You get into it because yeah. you love it and you want to help people. And so, you know, I started out with classes. Uh, I loved CrossFit. Um, you know, I, I got into CrossFit like most people. I was a, I was an athlete who was looking for something that was more fun than just going to Gold's Gym. Mm-hmm. Although I find going to Gold's Gym fun still today. Um, yeah, but you know, like I no, I don't think so. Uh, maybe like, they are in like, some places. Oh, you think all of them shut down? I know they went bankruptcy. They hit. Okay. They filed for bankruptcy, but I don't know if they all shut down. I know down here they turned into like what's called Just Move, and then we have like a Crunch now, and and okay. so they're, they're, but they're all kind of the same. Uh, they have the very similar vibe. I would say that like I, I fell in love with that. That was part of my journey. I got into it. Wanted to coach. You know, started to coach because I just enjoyed what I was learning. Wanted to give it to other people. Uh, and to be honest, like just I was doing another profession at the time. Um, and that was kind of like my, my, my recess, my, my adult recess kind of fun and coaching yeah. was a way for me to get in and enjoy it and also get a free membership and get paid a little extra money. Yeah. Um, and then when I decided I burned out in another job, so I was a, I was a inner city youth minister, which is most people are like, what? Like what? Um, and so I, my wife was a social worker. We, we, did a lot of good, um, uh, inner city work, um, w- with a lot of underprivileged kids. And so we did that for years, um, went to school for it down here in Florida. And then I burned out when we were having our third kid and just, uh, I needed to make more money. I needed to work on our own family and, and myself and other things. And so fitness had always been my hobby that I did to make extra money on the side. And I was working and helping this gym get started. And, um, and so they were like, Hey, well, we got plenty of opportunity here, but we don't have like, you're just going to have to hustle. Well, I had mm-hmm. always hustled Cause I, I mean, in, if you did inner city ministry, you're always working on a really, really tight budget. And if you want to do anything spectacular, yeah. you got to be creative and you got to hustle. So, I mean, I've would come up with crazy fundraisers and all kinds of stuff. And I didn't realize how much of that was going to translate to my new career. Um, because the number one thing I see in people that are in the fitness industry where they don't make it or they're struggling to make it is they are not, they stink at business. They just are awful Mm -hmm. at it and they have no hustle in them to, they don't have enough like, um, gumption in them or grit to go ask for someone to join them PT or upsell or do that other stuff. It just feels yucky. Like, like, but it's not, you know? And so the other part, I mean, I just didn't care because I, I, I looked at home and said, if this doesn't work, then I got to go work at Geico. I want to go do this. I don't want to work at Geico, <laughs> you know? So right. let's, you know, like it's, it's either this or that. So I'm going to go make the ask. And and so that drove me. Um, and then, and of course, like I got a lot of help along the way. I don't want to like make it sound like I, I did it all by myself. Um, but it was a lot of independent work and a lot of hours, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of grinding. But there was one point where I peaked out, like, I just kept thinking next PT person I'm going to get. It was kind of like a high. Like I just love the console. I love seeing if I can get them to sign up with me. I love seeing if when they sign up with me, if I can get them results. I love seeing if I get them right. such great results and they enjoy it that they want to go tell their friends. And it was just like, to me, it was like the weight room. Like I want to get another PR. I want to see if I can do a muscle up. I want to see if I can do yeah. 10 muscle ups, you know, like I just turned it into a game like that. And, um, and when it became that, like, I started to realize, holy cow, I'm doing like 28 hours of coaching on the floor. I'm exhausted. And this is where I'm peaking in my finances. I got to get more creative if I want to pay the bills over there. And so that was when like remote coaching was like, huh. 
So there's this ability to do both and I can scale this and make more money and still feel like, hey, I'm getting getting people PRs, I'm helping people get healthy, I'm helping them drop weight, they're enjoying the experience, I want to get better at this. And so... Um, you know, that was when kind of when I started reaching out to you, I started realizing like, okay, I got to find ways to scale this. And then also like, I think the pandemic blew it up so quick. I needed to find (laughs) systems to kind of keep it running in a way that was delivering a great experience for clients. Um, so that was, that was huge. So a little bit of my journey was, yeah, I kind of peaked in the PT world, like it and enjoy it. I'm kind of still very much into the PT world, but my remote business has exploded. Um, like last year, this time last year I had two clients and now I'm like hovering around 30. So you're, you know, um, for remote. And so it's just been a grind. It's been a lot of growing and learning. Um, and both in science and studying, you know, how to create great programs for, a. I mean, I got someone who's 20 years old and I coach someone who's 76 years old. So, mm-hmm you got to know a, a vast amount of coaching to, to kind of be able to, to make quality experiences for both those people um, and everyone in between. So anyways, I, you know, that would say that's kind of my experience. I think that answered your question, but. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, I, I was going to say the, um, the, uh, the compounding effects you've gotten to really, I think experience from just the, like, I'm sure you felt during periods in your fitness career where you're just putting in, hours on hours on hours and it's just like it's not people are enjoying it they love you they're sharing you know your message what you're about but it's not reflecting financially maybe Mm -hmm. right um and there's that delayed gratification thing to it where okay i put in the work now maybe a year from now maybe three months from now maybe six months from now you know uh things will start to come back it sounds like did did is there little bit of that that happened uh with this for you with the remote coaching thing like you were you were kind of set up for it all like you have a good base in person you had all this I did. Yeah. hustle beforehand that led to like the perfect storm yeah um yeah i think too like looking at myself as a small business within a big business so i work at a gym you know like um and that gym gets a cut of everything i make and i find it completely fair and i enjoy it and uh, i enjoy them they enjoy me Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm on the team and I do other things for them. Um, you know, that, that makes me an employee here, but I also have like the mindset that like, I am my own small business here, you know, which means I'm going to go out, I'm going to in a sense hunt for clients and I'm going to try to bring them in and I'm going to sell them on me at where I'm at, you know, Lakeland athletic club. And, and I love being here and I love enjoying that. Um, uh, I would say that, you know, part of what was set up was that they, they were also trying to practice that here. I was practicing that before I got here. And I was also really, I was also reading and studying and watching a lot of people who were already in this part of the industry. And it's funny, like, I almost don't like calling myself a remote coach because it gets kind of classified with like, the online spin coach, like, or, you know, like one, like someone who has never heard of it and you're trying to talk about it. They're like, Oh, so like, am I going to like watch you on TV or something? Like, no, like I'm going to create a program so that when you walk into your gold's gym, you don't walk around wondering what's open. What am I going to do next? I think I'm going to do this. And then you wind up just riding the bike for 20 minutes and going home. Like we're going to have something that's very structured, intentional, 
and from like how many reps, how many sets to even the, the tempo of it and the, the pulse of the workout. So, um, you know, marketing that is work. Explaining that is work. Strategizing where these clients are going to come from is work. Um, and then actually executing when you get them in on the coaching part is work. So yeah. you wear a lot of hats. And so realize, recognizing which ones you're not good at and trying to, and trying to maybe divvy them off where you can kind of hire someone like yourself, like where you handle a lot of my marketing, um, or my wife helps me with a lot of my marketing. Um, and she, you know, her, her and I have both been on with you and and some of our mentoring meetings and stuff like that. So, uh, I'm, I'm just not great at that. I'm great at creating content or good at it. I'm not great at it, but, um, uh, but I want to coach. That's what I like doing. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I want to sell people on what I'm coaching cause I'm passionate about it, but I don't want to spend a lot of time, uh, trying to think about that stuff. And then I need to find more time to think about where I want my business to go as I continue to think of myself as a little business and a big business. Um, yeah. So, and yeah. I think that you, you, um, you do a really good job with, um, or you've done uh, recently you're starting to, I think, put a little more energy into the nutrition side of things. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've heard like you have a really great way of, I think breaking it down and simplifying it because that's what a lot of us need. It's not just like, Hey, here's your numbers. Here's like, like the information aspect of it. Right. You really kind of, you have the ear to understand, like to listen and understand, Hey, where's the roadblock? What's the bottleneck? How do we kind of you know, how, what's your next action item? How do we, how do we get to where you want to go? How do you, especially with sometimes maybe remote clients, nutrition, how are you, uh, handling that? What's like a way that you have found to Mm -hmm. not, not, a you know, systemize it, but like, you know, kind of have a, a, a structure, a flow where people are like, all right, how, how is this going to work? Cause workouts, you can write them, people can follow yeah. them, but then you're not really food. You know, as we know, this is, is such another big part of it. And yeah. I guess in person, you're not really getting to see it either, but remote might make it even harder in some ways. Um, if the connection isn't there. Right. So how, yeah. what have you found cha- any challenges or any, any nuggets that you found that, uh, helped you kind of, uh, with the nutrition aspect of things? Yeah. Great question. And I'm sure you, I'm sure you've experienced a lot of this yourself and, and just doing being in the industry for so long, but I have found that to not assume that people eat as healthy as they think they do. Uh, <laughs> I have found, I have assumed, I have assumed, I have found to not assume that people are as aware of how they eat. And so, um, I typically try to really make a big deal of little things because I think people want to move on to like, it's kind of like JV, like they want to move on to varsity because they think that's where you're going to go to get the big crowd and to the glory or whatever. This analogy is yeah. going to break down at some point, but, um, <laughs> but like, but I feel like they don't want to do things that JV practice does to get there. And then they think like they're mm-hmm. going to get there and it's going to, and they're going to be fine. Um, and so like in nutrition, that would be like, Hey, I need you to give me my macros right away because I'm really good at tracking and all that. And, and I have made that mistake numerous times and I, I'm not opposed to like giving macros early. I'm just, I just think that like with habits that people really need and just listening for them. So like using the consult to be a time to 
start thinking about where this person's main issues are that you can start getting little wins. So like mm-hmm. finding little wins early will help you. So like, for instance, like, Oh man, I don't drink that much water. Like bing, bing, bing. Like if I can just get this person to drink more water and they're a weight loss client, like we're going to help them right away because they're going to feel full. Yep. Like they're going to, you know, they're going to flush a lot of stuff out. Like, bam, there's a big win right there. But they, they don't think that they're like, Oh, drink more water. Like what am I hiring you for? Um, because you don't drink enough water, I'm going to hold you accountable, and I have a structure on how to do it. That's why you're hiring me. <laughs> yeah, it's so, the accountability like thing that. really is right. Like that. Do you find that people are coming to you saying that? Like, it's in every the, consult. I had someone I signed up the other day, uh, like on Monday, and uh, she loved because I used an analogy on her. I'm like, look, I have a coach because I need someone to look at me and figure mm-hmm. and look at me. Cause I don't know how to look at myself the way I look at my clients. I don't, I need, and I also don't have the energy to do it. Like that takes yeah. energy that I don't want. I want to give that to someone else. So I was like, you're a doctor. Like you, you go to another doctor to help you when you get sick or when you need, she's a dentist, you know, with, with, uh, with some dental work. And she's like, I love that. That's a great idea. Like I go to a different dentist. I don't go to myself as a dentist, like, and I need someone to help. Same thing. Same thing. Right. Like we all need a coach. We all need a a barber or a doctor or someone to look at us. We can't do this whole thing on our own. So, uh, I think when people get that, they don't feel like, Oh, like autonomy is where I need to be. I need to have this, um, you know, I need to be on my own. And that's where real, that's where like, I'm a real fitness person. I just get these eBooks and I do it myself. And that's where I'm, it's like, no, it's like, if you want to get there faster and healthier and not get hurt along the way, like, or if you get a little tweak along the way, someone who can help you get right back into it because they know how to rehab you and the ebbs and flows of life, then you need a coach. Mm-hmm. I even said this to someone recently too, like, what's the difference between you and Peloton, right? Cause Peloton's like the new fit like thing. And I'm like, Peloton's great. I think it's a great tool. I have some of my clients who use it on their off days when they're not doing my training. And, um, and I think it's great. I said, but here's the deal. When you get hurt, Peloton cannot help you. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That's so true. Right. Peloton's not going to stop and say, Oh, here's our rehab uh, for you that has just hurt your knee or your ankle. Like let's help you get back in 30 days. It's like, no, they Mm -hmm. don't know how to do that. Or I've had clients, right. This year was COVID. It was awful. I've had clients who've lost parents. So like, what am I, what are they going to do that month? They're going to just take off because they're, no, we're going to talk about how to move in the most least stressful way to get you to sweat a little bit, burn a little calories and to help you with endorphin release and kind of get through this hard time. Peloton can't do that. So this is where like human interaction and just, um, and it's not, I'm not putting Peloton down. I'm just saying that's where I, that's someone who's a remote coach offers that's different than say, something that's as brilliant and awesome as Peloton. It's just, everything comes up a little short. I can't reach the people that they reach. Um, and they do great work and they get people moving. But I would just say that that's also, a, a, I think a pro of what someone like myself or other people in our industry do. That's more personalized. hundred percent. And I think that, um, the like accountability is one of, it's like a big term, right? It's one of those things that people will mm-hmm. come to you and be like, oh yeah, I need accountability. Like that's one of the things I love out of this. But what does that really mean? And what does that look like? Um, Is that something, I know I've played around here and there, like if that's a big thing for somebody, I like to look into like, all right, what does that look like for you? You know, how can I 
most help with that because they might have a version of accountability in their head that, you know, and I have my version of, okay, here's our system on how we do that. But voicing it and, and, and maybe, uh, meeting somewhere in the middle or, or clarifying, you know, why this way versus that way, uh, yeah. I'm sure is helpful. What, what are some tools, if any, if anything that you use to, yeah. um, to help with accountability? I love John Berardi's, uh, I'm going to give him credit for it. I'm sure there was a bunch of people who helped with it, but, uh, precision nutrition has this idea that, you know, you ask your client, can they do this nine out of 10? And if it's not nine out of 10, you don't give it to them because it's too, it's too challenging. So it has to be mm-hmm. something that's at least a 90%. They agree they could do this 90% of the time. So I'll say that to clients when I give them a homework assignment, like, Hey, this, this week, you're just going to count your protein. That's the only macro I want you to count and your, and your water intake. And I'm going to write it into your true coach account and you're just going to check off and give me or take pictures or whatever I have for them. And that's it. Could you do that? Nine out of 10. Yeah, I think I can do that. I won't even say nine out of 10. I said, I'll usually say one out of 10. How much do you think you can do that? Cause I don't want right. to, if I say nine out of 10, they're just going to say yes. Right. So I'll say one out of 10. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you think you can do that? And they'll say, if they say like a seven, then I'm like, oh, it's too hard. Let's just do the water this week. Is that, what's that one? Oh, I can definitely do that. I'll do that 10. Okay, great. We're just going to do water this week. And then when they knock that habit out for a week or two, I'm like, great, we're going to move on. Do you think you're ready to do the protein? What do you think? One out of 10. Yeah, I think a nine. Great. Let's move on to that. So that was kind of how I set that up. And, you know, and everybody, like sometimes I give people too much. Sometimes I don't give them enough. It, you know, you're just trying to feel out the client because each client's different and there's ebbs and flows to their, their life. Sometimes they can do more. Sometimes it's just like a workout. Like sometimes they can do more reps and higher volume and more intensity. And other times they need it to be more aerobic and relaxed because of the stress of life or where they're at. Um, so yeah. The other thing I found is, um, taking away the, uh, maybe it's like the shame or the guilt of failure. And, oh yeah, it's good. And from the beginning, try to expect failure, anticipate it and, and, and kind of adjust your relationship with it a little bit because as coaches, yeah, you're going to play around with pushing them a little bit and it might be too much sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. Or, you know, it might be simple stuff, but it's something that when you miss it, right? It doesn't feel good. You're like, oh, I didn't hit it today. And then you didn't hit it tomorrow. It's been a couple of days since you hit it. Now you're like afraid to log on your true coach because you don't want to like deal with it. There's take it, that stuff can happen. I think if you don't address from the very beginning that like, hey, this is like, let's experiment with this. Let's see if you can nail this for the next week. If you mm. can, it's not the end of the world. Here's what will do if you can't. Right. Um, mm, and so then that, what that does is it, um, and I'm sure everybody responds a little differently to this, but it's just the idea of like somebody coming in thinking, hiring a coach, thinking that like everything, this person's my savior because I hired him. Like, this is, this is yeah. the guy, Blake is the guy that's going to get me there. And you are, <laughs> but at the same time, right. You're like, you, 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 you don't want that like no obstacles throughout this whole journey type of yeah. expectation. It's like, no, there's going to be some bumps, but we're expecting that here are some of the bumps we may anticipate because yeah. this is the job shift you're going through right now. And here's some things I've dealt, you know, I've seen some other clients deal totally. with. So I don't know, that just popped into my head when you, when you I, mentioned that. Yeah. You just made something pop into my head. I, there's the, 
back to precision nutrition, they have the, the, mm. it's like a wheel of stress and I'll go through that with my clients in their monthly consult. And just because I just find so much of this job is stress management, like from yeah. h- how we eat to the, to the amount of programming, to the type of programming, to how they sleep, how they walk, how they like everything is stress management is what I try to educate my, my clients on. And it's good stress, bad stress, everything's stress. But if you can kind of try to figure out how to manage that in a way that gets you the results and the, the, the body that you're looking for, that's really what we're aiming for, right? We're going to create a certain amount of adaptation on your body, stress on your body that creates a response. And then we need to do a certain amount of recovery with that because of, you know, the amount of stress we've put on your body. And then we need to think about that outside. So I love the wheel because the wheel has like existential stress, emotional stress, work stress, home, you know, home stress. It's, it's got like a five or six different categories. I can't remember them all, but like, and I'll have my clients go rank like one out of four. And if they're like a three or four on, which is the highest on three or more of them, I'm like, look at that. Look how stressed we are this month. And they're like, oh yeah, I didn't realize how stressed I was because most of us yeah. just live that way. And then what happens is like, well, now we're going to try to do some of these stress management things. Like I want you to do parasympathetic breathing before bed, or I want you to go for a walk in the evenings or, you know, like all kinds of stuff or no screens at this time. Um, uh, yeah, but like getting people to actually do it is the, is another art form. So educating them in it. And then I love how you just said that, like setting them up that like, they're probably going to fail at a new habit and trying this is, is, is still worth doing. And we're going to walk through the bumps. I like you using that word Mm -hmm. along the way, probably the most success I've had with people is just to do that and setting them up right away for that. And that it's okay. And that we're just trying and that it was more, it was better stress management, better eating and better working out than you did the month before. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And you're moving moving in a better direction. Yeah. And, um, today, this actually happened today and it made me, like I was telling you off air, I, I had kind of that <clears throat> consulting session with with somebody that I really respect, and uh, it was to help solve a problem, gain some clarity on on this thing that I'm doing. And you know, he asked me some questions that I've asked myself already, and mm. I could have asked myself, right? But I realized what. And me even knowing in the back of my head going into this session, like this guy's going to ask me this question, right? Like, ah, it's going to come. And I did have an answer to it, but it wasn't like I knew I I wasn't fully clear on it. I needed somebody to help me bounce back and forth a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. And that made, that whole conversation made me realize that sometimes you just need somebody else to ask you the question, Right. Totally. Because when the when when somebody asks you a question, I'm sure like your brain just goes into a mode of like, okay, even if it's just one word is different and and it may hit you differently and you might come up with a new answer, a different answer or a more clarified answer. And it might lead you like how, you know, we started this conversation talking about one thing and now we're here, right? It's like it leads mm-hmm. you, there's these branches that you follow. And um, that's one of the things I think in like this individualized coaching format or uh, that's that that's a little bit more val- valuable in some ways than whatever, like a Peloton or even PT is like yeah. you, you reserve space to ask people questions. And most of the time they've never really been asked 
some of these things. And, and you might be the first person asking them what their food looks like. What, the, what do they do for breakfast, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and just that process, I think of, um, I think there's a term for it. It might be called metaprocessing or something, but like you getting to verbalize that answer and talking it out with somebody helps you that inherently helps to improve your understanding, which then helps to improve the change and make it more longer lasting. I think that's kind of like in therapy, that's a little bit what you're doing when you're talking, you're processing something that you're thinking about that somebody asked you. And as you're doing that, you're hearing yourself say the same thing, right? So Mm -hmm. there's different forms of learning that are happening at the same time. And it can all stem from just one good question that you ask. I oh, questions are huge. Yeah, no, it's it's true. And then I, I heard a my counselor said something really well too because I, I go to counseling. Um, he said, you know, I I always said like thinking is you know the hardest work you can do. I think Henry Ford said that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, oh, I'll go further. I think thinking and feeling are the hardest work you can do. And it's interesting because there's something in the brain, like you were just saying, neurologically, that like you can think of something, right? That like, why am I doing this? Why do I continue to eat every time I watch the show and I eat junk food, Mm -hmm. but I never eat that junk food any other time. And then to like understand where that stems from and to think about it and then to feel like, man, I like not upset with myself in that way, but like, I feel like, like upset that like this keeps happening and I, I want to do something about that. That's like when you can kind of connect rationale and that kind of emotion and and bring it together. Um, that's really deep, and <laughs> I'm not. That's above my pay grade. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but, but it's coming to, back it's like the think. question elicits yeah. so much that we so much ammo that I think we can use. Uh, then when it comes to prescription, in terms of like, all right, what are your action <laughs> items or what's your workout yeah. going to look like? Uh, it all starts like the the seed. I feel is the question that then elicits everything else that you kind of need. Yeah. And I think also just like coaching is a great mirror for people too, like you're saying, because not only is it a question, but it's responding of like, I know that you think you're doing that, but we're not quite where we should be. And that's okay. Like we have, uh, I've got a client who really wants to get muscle ups and, and and wants to climb a rope, but they also want to do it in a way that's going to be more fun and enjoyable. And I said in the consult, it's extremely important that you enjoy this, but my job and the coach's job is to give you the best information. And then you pick which way you want to go as a client. Like, I don't tell you where we're going. I tell you, I tell you, these are the options of how to get there, but this way is going to take longer, but you might enjoy it more. This way is going to get you those results quickly, which one you want to do. And it's not going to be as fun. It's not going to be as sexy. Like, are you okay with that? And that's my style. Some coaches, yeah. um, you know, some coaches, I used to are that gonna, too. yeah, some coaches are going to just tell you exactly what to do. And that's, that's what we're doing. Um, and you don't get much say in it and they know what they're right. doing and, and that's fine. And that's their, that's their style. And some people really love that and respond well to that. I find that my style is to try to think about options and cause I want to, I want the experience to be fun because I find that if clients enjoy what they do, they'll keep doing it. Even if they don't yep. get the results as fast as they want. Um, so you're right. And keep doing it is kind of the answer. Like, how do you figure out how to keep doing it? Because whatever the goal is, chances are it takes a little bit longer than you might think. Totally. Or it's going to change and morph. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, dude, this was, this was really fun conversation. Um, I appreciate you you taking, 
Yeah. Thanks for taking the time. And, um, uh, if there's anything you want to leave people with, is there, is there anything in regards to nutrition or coaching stuff we talked about today that, sure. uh, you think would be helpful? Yeah. If you're interested in, and in, in you liked what you heard today and, and you, you jive with my vibe, that'd be awesome. You can hit me on fit as shite all together. S C H E I D T. It's my last name, um, at Facebook or on, uh, Instagram. Uh, you can check out some of my YouTube stuff and then, uh, you can also hit up our webpage at fitishite.com. So all together fit as shite. Thanks, man. Wonderful. Um, well, dude, again, we will continue this conversation cause, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of nugget, like we, we scratched the surface on some nutrition things. We talked a little bit about evolution and, and going from even within a field, right? There's so many facets and so many ways to do something. And I, uh, it was cool getting to hear kind of your evolution, uh, throughout that. Totally, man. Thanks for having me on, Miz. Of course, man. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.